Welcome to The Journey to Wellness, a podcast that focuses on nutrition, exercise, mental health, and more. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of the Journey to Wellness podcast. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast, give it a follow, a like, um, a review, anything you can. I really appreciate that. I'm really excited for today. I have with me Kayla Cogburn. She is a certified personal trainer and nutritionist. She's a coach at Gen City Fit and a two-time nationally qualified NPC bikini competitor. So welcome to the show, Kayla. Hello. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. First one of these, so it'll be see how it you're, goes. You're gonna do great. <laughs> Can you just start by um, kind of expanding on my introduction and uh, telling everyone about you? Yeah, so I have been a coach. That's actually pretty new within the past maybe two months, but I got my training certifications back like when COVID first happened. Like during the shutdown, I had nothing to do. I was like, I might as well sit for this. I've been trying to do it for a couple years, so I went ahead and pulled the trigger on that. Um, but I just started really utilizing the certifications back in, let's see what, July, probably beginning of June is when I started going through with all this coaching stuff and um, getting hired with Gen City Fit about six weeks ago. Um, so that whole aspect is pretty new, but I've been you know, training, competing, lifting, all that good stuff for upwards of what, probably five or six years now. So been pretty active in that and going to OSU now for grad school, did undergrad at OSU. So, and what are you studying again? in grad So school? undergrad was psychology, um, graduate, it'll be a master's of art in, um, technically it's special education, but within the special education department, you get to pick between a couple different, um, basically like quote unquote mini tracks that you want. And so mine is applied behavior analysis, which is the more broad track within special ed because you can use short-term ABA for a lot more than just special ed. That's just what OSU's concentration within ABA is. Okay, got it. Is there anything else you want to add to the introduction before I kind of dig in and ask you some questions? I don't think so. We can just go go into the questions, I think. Okay, so I know you're kind of new. You mentioned only six weeks at Mm -hmm. Gen City Fit, but I was just kind of curious, like what philosophy do you kind of take when you're coaching clients uh, with Gen City Fit? So what I actually really like about this opportunity, honestly, it's kind of like the stars aligned for me here. So uh, Gentry Cope is the basically CEO owner of Gen City Fit. She's had this business for probably five or six years. And she was actually the first coach that I ever hired. And I was one of her first in-person clients. So we go way back. Um, I sat for the um, training exam, nutrition exam, all that good stuff. And then I saw on Instagram, she was looking for a um, assistant coach basically. So I applied and we were talking about it. And so what I think makes a really good fit for me within her company is that she was also a psychology undergrad at OSU. So we both have this very similar educational background when it comes to mindset, psychology, and like all of those, you know, things that also go into making real lifestyle changes. And so while she's a training and nutrition coach, um, one of her biggest things, if you go on her website, is really making those lifestyle changes and making habit changes. And we want people to be successful in um, not only like, you know, their weight goal and their training protocols and hitting nutrition targets and all that, but we want them to be successful just in life, and I think a lot of those skills that we can um, teach people through more of like the mindset psychology-based things can really translate to other aspects of their life, which I think is why I make a really good fit for them and they made a really good fit for me because I looked at a couple other companies also who were looking for online coaches and this one just happened to really fit that um, psychology background that we both have. Yeah, that's cool. And you said she really focuses on the nutrition and training, and then you bring the psychology piece, which is really important Mm -hmm. if people actually want to change their behavior. And so what are, what are some ways that you, when you're meeting with clients, you incorporate your knowledge of psychology and now you're studying applied behavior analysis? Like what are some ways you incorporate that practically with your clients? So a lot of them do come, um, with very like 
minimal goals. Like I, I wouldn't say minimal, like they don't have goals. Just like, they're like, I want to lose this amount of weight by this amount of time. And that is the only thing that they present to me. It's just all like weight goals basically. And then once I, so once we bring them on as a client, um, they get assigned to me, uh, cause we have, we have two assistant coaches, me and one other lady. But so if they come to me, we schedule a 30 minute to one hour onboarding call. And I kind of dive a little bit deeper into some of the questionnaires I had them fill out initially when I make their protocols and everything. Um, one of my favorite ones was I have a lady who she came to me, she's a bit older, but one of her goals was she's like my four to 6 PM hours are just like useless. I don't do anything with them. Um, and when I don't have anything to do, I tend to fill it with, you know, doing absolutely nothing productive, or that's when I tend to like look through my fridge or my pantry and look for, you know, food because I'm bored like that. And that's a pretty common thing when people are bored, they are sitting there doing nothing. They want to eat. So, um, she came with a very specific goal, actually, like my four to six time frame is a block of time where I feel unproductive. I feel like that's where I kind of lose my, um, productivity for the day. So I really want to focus on that. So her and I together, we met and like on zoom and we came up with, okay, what are things that you would like to accomplish in those hours that you don't do during the day? And one of them was like, I would love to take my dogs on a second walk. And I would love to have healthy snack options to choose from if I do that. So her four to six day from four to 445, she walks her dogs. And we've been implementing this kind of throughout each week, adding a new thing. And if she hits that target, like, hey, what else would we like to do? Or, you know what, I did my, I hit my, you know, four to six goal, five out of six days within our training week, because it's the way check-ins line up, but the week is about six days, if that makes sense. Um, so if we do that, it's like, hey, maybe instead of taking my dogs on a 45 walk, 45 minute walk, I'm gonna go do 45 minutes of shopping or something else, mm-hmm. just to kind of like boost her confidence a little bit, and like, hey, I am doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, it's just everyone's so different, and I think helping people establish good routines and good habits that they can continue with is what helps a lot of them. Like I had another guy just for like, uh, examples. I had one man who he worked warehouse shift from like, I don't even know how early in the morning until about four. He has four kids at home. He comes home, takes his kids to practices, gets home around seven 30 and he sits there and he's like, I just drink until I go to bed. Like that's, yeah. But he's had a busy day up to that. Exactly. So he's like, I'm doing all the things I need to do, but I'm not taking care of myself in the evening. Like, how can I, how can I flip that script? What's a better way to relax and take care of myself after my full day of work than just sitting down and drinking? And so we talked about that and I was like, would working out after all of that help you? Or would that be, you know, would that be too much? And he's like, I think by the end of the day, I want to sit on my couch and do nothing, which... I mean, when I come home from a full day of doing something, I don't want to go to the gym either. Exactly. So we kind of flipped it and we're like, okay, let's change your workouts to three times a week in the morning before work. It's going to be an adjustment getting up that early, but it's only three days a week. And then when you come home, we can fill that time with something else. So we ended up, his son is, I think like 14 or 15. So we're like, how about two of those days you take an hour and you go for a walk with your son, like play basketball with your son, things that your son really likes to do. And he's flipped the script and he's done that two days granted like he's like hey I'm still still drinking you know two out of the seven days a week but that's better than what I was doing before so it's making those tiny lifestyle changes that don't they, they don't only benefit him I mean it's benefiting his family um, his son is really appreciative of that extra time so it's just kind right. of helping people realize like what the priorities are and how we can fill time in a more productive way yeah that's really good build good schedules and routines and just lifestyle mm-hmm. habits there's a few things that you touched on that I really like. And number one is that the goals that you mentioned were really specific. And so, um, like walking your dog or taking your dog for a second walk or two days, um, a week, you're going to go spend time with your son, go on a walk with your son. Um, and then also I just feel like I got the sense when you were talking is like, sometimes all people need is just someone to talk through like ideas with, mm-hmm. and then someone to hold them accountable. Yep. And so how important is that? Like, first of all, just having someone there to like kind of talk through your goals and discuss them. But then also the accountability piece, I imagine, is really important. So, I mean, I think, I mean, and I have a coach myself. So, like, mm-hmm. I'm not, I, f- I feel like most coaches have coaches. Yeah. Like I've heard that saying. It might have been from you that yeah. every coach needs a coach. Yeah, because I, mean, I guess not every coach, but I feel like even like my coach has a coach. I'm a coach who has a coach. So, mm-hmm. and it depends on your goals and kind of where you're at, but 
it's super and I think the reason coaches have coaches is for that accountability not because we don't know what we're doing and so especially when people are new to you know training and lifting and trying to make this lifestyle shift that they're after I think having that accountability and having someone who's kind of a third party really listen and be like hey well maybe instead of this we try that it's not like you're talking to your mom and or your best friend or someone who is really involved in your life it's someone who one has a professional background and two is there to listen and their only job is to help you Mm -hmm. make progress Mm -hmm. so i think the accountability for a lot of people just starting out is really really cool um as long as you have a coach who's willing to listen. Right. And I feel like any good coach is going to sit there and they're going to go out of their way and be like, hey, what are we struggling with this week? What did we do great with this week? How mm-hmm. can we make adjustments the following week or the following month to really hit those goals that you have? Even if it's like, I want to get 600 steps more a day each day. That's mm-hmm. my goal. Like, okay, how can we do that? Walk five minutes longer. Instead of sitting for your hour lunch break, walk 10 of the minutes. Like, I think having the accountability is what really pushes people to the next right. level because um, without it they're gonna nothing is gonna I don't want to say nothing is gonna change but if there's no one there to be like hey why don't we do this right it's like you need, well you need someone to number one encourage you yeah and then also just knowing that you're gonna have to like almost like report back to someone yep. uh, just helps with that discipline piece it and it's almost like you don't even need necessarily a coach coach it can mm-hmm. be a mentor or just a friend that's holding you accountable um, or someone that you're maybe you have the same goal and so you're, so you're holding each other accountable yep. so it seems like it almost like, yes, maybe in some instances it does need to be a coach coach, but other times it can be looking, look a different way as well. Yeah. So. You could definitely have someone who, I mean, say you have a friend who also is trying to, you know, say you go out three days a week and you go out together always. And it's like, Hey, well, instead of that, like, let's try and take that away once. What can we do mm-hmm. that one night instead? And that's right. it. I'm trying to make it not all like fitness related yeah. because that's not everyone's entire life. So yeah. Um, I think even just having someone who has similar goals or targets or similar like behavior patterns as you makes a really good accountability partner. Yeah. And I think we could have a whole podcast of talking about how important the friends you are, uh, or the friends you pick, how important they are yep. and how you become like your friends and you form those same habits and you kind of do the same things they do and you start acting their way acting the way they do. And you even have some of the same mannerisms. Mm -hmm. And so I think we could have a whole podcast talking about that. All of the (laughs) behavior patterns that come with your circle of friends. I mean, that's where you get into that whole like nature versus nurture con. Like, and I could sit here and talk about nature versus nurture. Right. As a psychology major. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I could go on and on about nature versus nurture for, I mean, hours. Like it's, it's insane how granted like people are, you know, born with certain Mm -hmm. like instincts and certain, uh, interests and things like that but if you take that person and put them next to someone who's completely different like how's that gonna go yeah which person's gonna change versus the other one mm-hmm. is it gonna be detrimental to those people is it gonna be helpful and so I think picking those friends where it's 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 a helpful relationship yeah. makes a big difference so just real quick I'm just curious are you more on the nature side or nurture side it it literally <laughs> it, it has 50/50? it has to be it doesn't have to be but in my opinion it is pretty um pretty 50 50 okay. even that's just exactly from like, where i fall yeah, too. yeah just even from like my own like experiences my mm-hmm. dad and i are very 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 similar and i mean that is probably because nature yeah but then you put me with some other friends and put me in, in a new group or you put me even around my mom and my sister or who even are very a new different. city maybe yeah i i grew up in the middle of nowhere in ohio and then moved to columbus you know or even before that when i moved to college you know mm-hmm. like those that has an impact on you too yeah because well, of the people you're meeting. Yeah. Well, I was about yeah. To, that's like Trey. I mean, he's, yeah. yeah. My boyfriend's the same way. Tiny, tiny little town, <laughs> nowhere. And then he came to Columbus. And I mean, it's, it's yeah. a huge difference. So I think the people that you surround yourself with in terms of like accountability and what you partake in is mm-hmm. a huge. So this is, we're kind of on a tangent here, but I'm interested to know, like, do you think for some people it's more nature and then for other people, like the environment has like a bigger impact on them. Than I do. On other I think people. it, I think it has a lot to do with, um, kind of just how, I don't want to say confident you are in yourself, mm-hmm. but I think if you're pretty like, Hey, this is who I am. And I yeah. like, I like who I am and I'm not going to, you know, change too much. You could move to a brand new city. You could go from the middle of nowhere, be pretty confident and stuck in who you are. Even at age 24, move to a brand new city a big city, even like it doesn't matter. And you might 
you know, have some new interests, some new hobbies, but you might not be as influenced as someone who might be a little more like reserved or shy or might not have a big friend group even. And they move and they're like, oh, like I feel great here. I want to be like this. So I do think it, it definitely varies person to person, but I think, I think for the most part, it's, it's pretty 50, 50, but I think it has a lot to do with a lot of your personality traits that are already instilled, Mm -hmm. but those personality traits that are instilled, those are nurture or nature right. pieces that right. were, you were born with those nature pieces. Yeah. So, and then it's like, so it how gets strong, back to how strong nature is. How strong yeah. was that versus how strong is the nurture on those traits? Exactly. If that makes sense. Yeah. And sometimes they're like the same, like the nurture aligns with the nature. Mm-hmm. For example, your parents maybe yep. are giving you, yeah. Anyway, we're on yeah. a tangent, but Big it's super tangent, interesting. But yeah. <laughs> it's super interesting. I'm glad we talked about that. I just wanted to kind of pick your brain on that yeah. since you obviously have experience in that and you've studied that a little bit. So yeah, yeah. definitely. Uh, I could talk about nature and nurture all day. Right. All right. It's well, let's, let's get back on track. I really want to dig into, um, you competing. And okay. so number one, what is it when I say two time nationally qualified NPC bikini competitor, what does that mean to someone who's not in that, in that in, realm? In that, in that okay. World? Yeah. yeah. So bodybuilding is its own world that I was very unaware of until I showed up for my first show. I mean, it, even throughout my like seven month prep, did not understand what the bodybuilding community was. Have been to the Arnold growing up, grew up in Columbus, always knew what that was. So it's like, you think you have an idea. It is its own, its own world when you get in there. Um, so bikini to start off is just one of the divisions in bodybuilding. Women have bikini, figure, wellness, fitness, physique. Um, they kind of go up in size, different criteria. Um, bikini is the one that you see the most of. It's the biggest division for women. Um, it's, it's, it's the most popular. If you see a woman bodybuilder, you're probably looking at a bikini competitor. So does that mean since you're two time nationally qualified, that's more impressive than if you were in another one, (laughs) since there's so many of them, you had to Um, beat out so many people. (laughs) That's, that's a loaded question because every show is so different. Some are drug tested, some aren't. So it's kind of like where in the the realm of bikini do you fit? Um, but two time nationally qualified. So this year was a little bit different because they took top five in any class and they divide class up by height. So I was in the second to last height class, um, which means second tallest, second tallest. Yeah. 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 Um, I wouldn't assume I mean, second short. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm <laughs> but for the people that can't see, I'm it. about five, I'm five, eight. So yeah. tall on the taller end. Um, so second to last. So I think it's like bikini class G or whatever show it was I was at. Um, so it means you placed top five out of your class. And so in one of my shows, there were over 20 competitors and I oh. placed fourth wow. in my open. That's so like awesome. that one I did pretty well, but then I yeah. went to Florida for a show there were only six of us and I placed fifth. So it's all okay. about perspective. Yeah. Um, so and is that fifth place? Would that still have quali- yep. that qualified you? Yep. Wow. Cause it's top five. Yeah. But at that point it's like, did I really earn that? Yeah. Or but at the same time, those six people probably worked really hard to even just to get there. Right. And yeah, be able but, to compete. And one thing that was interesting was, um, the show I placed fourth in was up in Cleveland at the Dave Lieberman show, which is a huge show. Like nationally people come wow. to that show. Um, the one in Florida was a lot smaller, um, a lot less competitors in general. Mm-hmm. And, but it's interesting cause I didn't realize that regionally, um, judges look for different things. So like, I was as just a whole, about to ask, like, is it the judges that make that as make it, the difference? It's super interesting. I'm really glad I went to Florida for that show because it taught me a lot. Um, the NPC has their like regulations or their, their criteria for what they're looking for, for each division. Um, and that's supposed to stay pretty consistent throughout, like regardless of show. But when I went to Florida, the judges there tended to, um, go for and rank a little higher. The girls that were just a lot smaller in muscle density as where it at the Lieberman show, they looked for the girls that like, if you saw them on the street, you're like, wow, like that mm-hmm. girl's jacked even for bikini competitors and bikini competitors are the quote unquote smallest mm-hmm. of the competitors. Um, so it's, it was just the, the one in Cleveland was looking for a lot more muscle density and that's what they liked as where the one in Florida was looking for the girls that definitely just looked a lot thinner. So it was interesting. interesting. Yeah, yeah, it was super interesting. Cause I was definitely one of the more, um, muscle dense girls at that Florida show, especially mm-hmm. in my lower body. Um, so I, that has a lot to do with why I placed fifth. Cause it's not that I wasn't lean. I mean, I was just as yeah. lean as anybody else. I just was a lot larger than the other girls in my heart, my, my, uh, height class. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
so sidetrack again, but that's, that's bikini. And then, so two-time nationally qualified just means that I qualified to go to a national show twice. I yeah. placed fourth and then fifth and fifth place, first through fifth place qualifies you for nationals as where previous years, it's only been top three. Um, okay. This year they changed it because of COVID last year, canceling all those shows. It really put um, the numbers for national competitors down and they want to keep the numbers up. So they changed right. it to five. So in a typical season, I might have qualified. I might not. You don't. Mm. It's hard to tell. But for this year, they put it to five, and I placed fourth and fifth. So, I have awesome. two, two national qualifiers under my belt, which is pretty cool. Um, and then, have you been to that national competition yet? Or I haven't. So nationals for bodybuilding is super weird. There are eight national shows a year. I think eight a year. Um, they range all over the country. There's like one in Florida. I think there's one that just happened in California. Um, one in Charleston, South Carolina, and you have a year from your qualification date to go to nationals. Okay. Um, so I was really hoping that I would be able to like, you know, reverse diet out of my prep for a few months and then hit prep hard again and do one of the national shows in December and talking to my coach. I just, I have a lot more lower body muscle mass than upper body and you have to have a balanced look in bikini. So basically yeah. I would go on that national stage and get wrecked. I cannot build <laughs> the upper body mass that I need to match my lower body in seven months. It's mm, not possible. Yeah. Um, so I won't be using my national qualifications right now. So next time I compete, which right now it's not looking till it's going to be like 2023. Okay. Um, yeah, I've got a lot of growing you to do. You just want to do a lot of work to prepare and yep. get you ready yep. to be ready to compete nationally. Yeah. Cause one of the interesting things is all my judge feedback was to streamline your lower body, get your legs smaller, bring your legs down. This is bodybuilding. Yeah. It's like, I can't, I can't lose the muscle mass in my legs. I've always had a lot of muscle density in my so quads. Build up the I need body. to build my upper body to match that lower body density that yeah. I have. I can't do that in six, seven, eight, nine months. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to take all this year, probably all of 2022 and then hopefully hit it hard in spring of 2023 um, to requalify, hopefully with a higher place than fourth or fifth, nice, but yeah. requalify and then hopefully in 2023 hit a national stage. Nice. So, and then we'll have to get you back on the pod to talk about that. Yeah. In a year and a half, <laughs> we'll come back and see how it goes. But does that mean you just get to skip leg day until 2023? Man, that would be so nice. That's what <laughs> I said. Probably not quite. No, 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 no. I have a lot of, uh, a lot of still some leg days in there. Yeah. yeah Just got to yeah. even it out. But it's, it's interesting how the judging and all the criteria kind of works together. Yeah. And you have to um, focus on every aspect of it. Yeah. 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 And it's mm. even for body, like it's not just your muscle density either. It's full body presentation. Your, your hair color is your tan good. Like, does your suit go with your whole look? Like it's literally a whole body wow. presentation, which that's, it's like, people don't realize that when they sign up, they're like, Oh, I just have to get on stage and you know, pose and yeah, look jacked. But <laughs> yeah. it's like, no, like if you're, if the judges don't like the way your suit color compliments your hair, like they wow. take points off. If wow. your tan is too orange for your skin, like they will take points off. It is a whole body. It's like a, I don't want to say it's a beauty pageant, but like it, it's, it almost it's is. all encompassing. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So yeah. how did you get involved with that? I'm curious, like what was the first thing that kind of sparked your interest in that? Um, so in high school, I was always an athlete. I played softball for like 10 years, um, volleyball for three or four. And then I got to high school and I left softball and volleyball for rowing. And I did that year round for four years, actually qualified for nationals for that, flew out to San Francisco my senior year, competed in a national race, came in like 12th in the country with my boat. It was pretty cool. Um, but then I graduated high school, went to college and was like, now what? Like yeah. I didn't, I, I didn't do any sports. Um, I went to community college for two years and then moved to OSU to save money. Um, could have joined the OSU rowing club team, but club wasn't going to be as competitive as I wanted, but I'm just not big enough to be on like a D one yeah. rowing team. Those mm -hmm. girls are like six feet tall and just like, <laughs> I mean, I got big legs, but those girls legs are insane. Right, right. Um, Do they have rowing on the Olympics right now? Probably. They should. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they should. Those which girls are probably and, even oh, more jacked. Uh, USA's <laughs> team is they're They're pretty good. Um, and I mean, OSU's mm -hmm. rowing team, their female rowing team is one. I don't even know how many like conference wow. championships, like they're beasts. Yeah. So it was like, I can't so it was really, a club team. It wasn't, yeah, yeah, it was either a club team or it was that, which I can't even compete with those girls and club, I think would have just 
almost frustrated me because it's people show up for fun. Yeah. And if I'm going to do a sport that I spent so many years in, like I want it to be competitive. So I just didn't really have a good outlet. Um, I thought about doing like club volleyball, club softball, but it just, it just didn't work out that way. Um, so I actually was like lifting in my dad's basement. My dad has this full gym in his house. So I was like, and I lived with my parents until I was almost 21. Um, so I just, lifted in his basement, but I was still kind of like, I don't really know what I'm doing. So I ended up actually hiring Gentry, my now boss. Mm-hmm. And she, I lifted with her once or twice a week for a couple of years. And, um, it just kind of spiraled from there, I think. Yeah. And I got really into the lifting and the diet and the nutrition part. Like it just consumed me in like the best way possible. And I think after that, I was kind of like, I, I didn't really know what bodybuilding was for females. Um, but then I kind of started searching through Instagram. Um, my coach actually did a couple figure shows and I just kind of started seeing it around and I was like, you know what? Not knowing anything about it would be like, that's kind of cool. Like mm-hmm. I'll try it out. And it gives you something to work towards. It too. does, which I think is what I was missing, yeah. um, from high school sports. Cause yeah. I always had like, okay, so I have this meet next weekend. Like I need to beat this time or we need to do this. Or then I had nationals and then after nationals, it was like, that was it. Mm-hmm. So I know goals and then with just lifting myself, I was like by myself, I was like, I don't have like, granted I had goals for lifting. Like I want to hit this. I want to hit that. I want right. to whatever, manipulate things a certain way this way. And you compete um, against yourself, but like, mm-hmm. it's more energizing, at least for me when you're competing against other people. Other people. Yeah. yeah. And so I was like, I just need that extra, like something. Mm-hmm. And for some reason I was like, bodybuilding sounds like the key. <laughs> um, so I went through my first prep, not really understanding what I was supposed to do. Granted, mm-hmm. my coach had never prepped anyone before. It was something that we just decided to do. Yeah. Um, I didn't do bad. My first show, I placed fifth and then third nice. in two different classes wow. at my first show. So like I did well, um, but it wasn't the full effect, I think, because mm-hmm. Grant, my coach was brand new to this too. She'd never coached anyone before. Um, we did well. And then I stuck with her for a while. Um, And then I was like, you know, I took, so I competed in October of 2019 and did not get back on a stage until March of 2021. Wow. So I took a year and a half off. Um, Was that when you got the new coach? So I hired my new coach in July of 2020. So I've had him for about a year now. Okay. Um, And it had nothing to do with my old coach. It was just like, he's a strict bodybuilder, like female Mm -hmm. bikini coach. That is what what he does. Um, Yeah. So, but I just got into it cause I was like, I need some competition. I need like a, a set goal and I need the discipline that I had in high school. And I learned that like, even in high school, if I wasn't involved in a sport, everything else slacked. Like if mm-hmm. I didn't have anything to like keep me busy, my grades would fall. I would just not be productive. And then I realized that in college, I was like, I'm not doing anything. Like I need to step it up. I need to do something. Um, lifting really gave me that self accountability where it was like, okay, like I need to go to the gym today. And then if I did that, it was like, my day was set. Mm -hmm. I was like, even if I didn't lift till 9 PM at night, I was like, I accomplished what I needed to today. And knowing that I had to get to the gym made me kind of kick my ass into gear and get all those other things done before I could go. Like, even if you did nothing else in your day, you got better physically. Yeah. Yeah. And mentally it was like a good, a good outlet for me. And then I think the discipline that comes with doing a full bikini prep really like your days are planned down to the minute and mm. I, I thrive off of having a plan yeah. as where if I, if my day's not planned, I will sit on my couch all day and do nothing. <laughs> yeah. I will order, I will DoorDash every meal and I will sit on my couch all day. I will not do anything if my yeah. day's not planned. Um, which granted those are two extremes, but right. I'm just, I'm kind of the same way though. So I get that. Yeah. It's just, it's gotta be planned out. So I think having the structure and just having the competition against myself and others mm-hmm. is what drove me to it. Um, and I'm still doing it three and a half years later. Yeah, which so. means you must love it, right? Yeah. It's, so. it's definitely a lifestyle switch though. Yeah. For sure. So you kind of touched on this. I want to talk, you talked, talked about like having a plan. So what, what does it look like in the off season, um, for body, for bodybuilding and prepping? Um, but then also like, I'm really curious to know like the weeks leading up to it and even like the days leading up mm-hmm. to competition, like what does that look like? What does the plan look like? So for so for your first question for off season versus on season one technically i don't use those granted if we're going to get down to like the nitty gritty of it like we don't use that terminology like we'll okay. use improvement season versus prep 
Gotcha. So, cause we don't want to say it's off because technically it's not off. You still mm-hmm. have goals you have to reach. Like, and it's, it's kind of like that whole, um, cheat meal versus, uh, untracked meal terminology okay, thing. Yeah. It's like, it's the mental game that you play when you pick those words. Um, and so when you're saying improvement season, it's, what that looks like for you now is getting that upper body built up, right? Building up, reverse sighting out of that extreme deficit that I was in, mm-hmm. um, with that comes, you know, strength gains, fat gain, all of that good stuff. Um, so honestly, it also comes with more carbs, right? (laughs) So many more carbs. I think I'm up like almost 170 grams of carbs already. Like that that has to feel good. It feels so good. (laughs) I get intuitive eating days. If I like, I just went on two vacations pretty much back to back. Mm -hmm. Um, I had untracked meals, intuitive eating days, just days where it's like, Hey, if you want to go, eat your body weight in Mexican food. Like that's fine. But here you need to hit this protein goal first. You need, so I still have goals daily. Um, it's not like a free for all by any means. I still have to, you know, hit my, my workouts, my cardio goals. Cause right now I still have some cardio left over from my prep. It's slowly Mm -hmm. decreasing. Um, I, my body tends to like to gain fat faster than a lot of other female competitors. So my reverse diet is typically a lot slower than what some other people's are, which just is what it is. Some mm-hmm. people like to hold on to fat more than other people do. Yeah. Um, so it really, honestly, it shouldn't be super different between in season and off season improvement season prep. It's just when you're in improvement season, like you can still like live life. Cause when mm-hmm. you're in prep, like you, you can't afford to go out and grab drinks with your friends. Right. Like it's not worth the 35 grams of carbs that that drink's going to cost you. Yep. Um, as where now it's like, Hey, if I want to go out and have, dinner with my friends, I can have, you know, a grilled chicken sandwich, some sweet potato fries and a couple drinks at dinner. And it's not going to derail me. I'm not working towards being on a stage, but the next day I can still go up, get up, go to the gym, hit all my macros that day. Um, it's just a lot more flexibility, a lot more what like real life is like mm-hmm. as because prep is not real life. Yeah, exactly. And so what does prep kind of look like? Like what does your nutrition look like or your workouts look like the weeks leading up to the competition? So in the weeks leading up, um, honestly, my workouts don't change a lot because you want to keep it pretty consistent. So it's not because, you know, when you get a new training block, it puts a lot of stress on your body because mm-hmm. it's new movements that granted not brand new movements, but new in that order. It's just, it's a stressor on your body. So I think so I had the same, eliminate the stressors you want to eliminate as so many well. stressors as possible. Um, I mean, it came down when it comes down to it, like two weeks out, my coach is like, I'd rather you sleep in than get your mm-hmm. lift in. Yeah. Um, get that rest because at that point in time, is that one extra shoulder lift really gonna make a difference? Right. No, but that sleep and recovery is because I mean you could wake up at 4 a.m weigh yourself go back to sleep wake up at nine and be two and a half pounds lighter because your body got the rest it needs mm, the yeah. cortisol levels dropped in your body um and so, also isn't like human growth hormone like really affected by sleep too mm-hmm. yep yeah. it all your hormones are just all of them <laughs> yep sleep is I could do a whole nother podcast on sleep I talk to my clients about sleep all the time um super important um So I think like the weeks leading up, honestly, it's just pretty steady, steady lifting, Mm -hmm. um, not too much changes. And then cardio, my cardio went up a lot. I mean, at one point I was doing 75 minutes of cardio a day, six days a week. Um, some girls, and that's the thing with prep. Some girls are doing, (laughs) that sounds terrible. I hate cardio. (laughs) So do I. Some girls are doing, you know, 45 minutes, three days a week, Mm -hmm. a week up before their show. It's just, it's so different. And some girls carbs. Mm stay in the 150 gram range two weeks out from a show. Wow. I'm not that lucky. Mine go down to about 70. Wow. Um, yeah. That's what I was going to ask. I imagine like the workouts stay, I guess, roughly the mm-hmm. same. If anything, you want to prioritize recovery over getting a workout. Reco- in. Yep. At that point. But nutrition, I imagine changes a lot in those last two, three, four weeks. Right? Nutrition changes a lot. So granted, every coach does things a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Um, I also don't know a lot about how other coaches do things, but I know that mine, Um, he's really good about making sure that we are as healthy as we can be. Cause granted, when you go into a bodybuilding show, you know, that that is not, you know, that's not the key to health. Like it's not in any way, shape or form. Isn't the peak of health. No, absolutely not not the healthiest you're ever going to be. And I remember people either telling me it's so funny because people are either like, wow, you're, you look so good. You must be Mm. so healthy. Or people are like, you look sick. Like yeah. you, you look sick, like your face gets sunken in, you look emaciated, like 
And then other people who don't know anything about health and fitness, they're like, oh, you're so shredded. Like you're so healthy. And so it's this weird like dichotomy between like what is health and what's not. And you're actually, you're healthiest when you have a little bit of fat on you, especially for women Mm -hmm. when they have a little extra fat is actually when they're at their healthiest. And for men, even too, if you get too low of a body fat percentage, it's going to be really unhealthy. And it's hard to, especially for women to kind of come back from that really low, um, body fat level. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of women, they'll lose their cycles seven months from a show because they're already so low or they'll lose it for seven months post show. So it's just, and everyone's bodies are so different, but the nutrition, what was that? Do you think that's like psychologically, like they just don't want to see themselves putting on weight again? Or what is that? So that's where it gets hard. Cause like, I think it depends on one, the person's hormonal, like, range before they go into a show, which is one thing I really like about my coach is he will not let you get on a stage until you send him blood work. Mm -hmm. Um, so when I first hired him, he's like, I need blood work now. Um, he made me do blood work a little bit, um, into my first prep with him. Um, I haven't sent it to him yet, like post season, but I'm also, my last show was at the end of April. So I'm not even like, I'm like maybe three months like post show. Granted, in those three months, I have put on 20 pounds, <laughs> so which is pretty standard, which, yeah. honestly. It probably is, but it probably would scare some people. It oh, it, it's 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 hard, and that, that's probably the most challenging thing about competing. I think yeah. is not the discipline to get that lean and get ready for the stage because, like, every day you're seeing your body change, you're seeing new muscle striations, you're seeing these new things pop out, mm-hmm. and you're like. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and that's kind of what you're working towards. Yeah, and so it's it's to... automatically reinforcing to see the changes that you're, and you're like, okay, well, like I don't want to eat that, or I can I can hit this cardio goal today because I know tomorrow I'm gonna see something new. Yeah, and I mean, you get down that last like two weeks before the show, you are literally seeing changes daily. Mm. I could make a comparison of all my photos, and each day it looks wow. different. That's crazy. It's <laughs> insane. And then you you know are out of show season. You're reversing up all the food is cool but then it's like your body my shorts don't fit anymore yeah. I think like three weeks ago I was going out for a friend's birthday party and I was putting on my clothes and my favorite pair of jeans I put on I was like I can't even get these buttoned like oh, no. it's so frustrating but <laughs> yeah. then you have to like sit there and take a step back and be like okay but hey like it's only temporary mm-hmm. like it's and it's not even like these and that's the thing like some girls get so in their head I don't really know about men I don't have too many men like bodybuilder mm-hmm. friends so I don't really know how they're like self-perception changes throughout this whole process. I just know based on talking to a lot of women. Um, but I know they'll be like, Hey, I gained 20 pounds in two months, but it's like, but you have to think about it when you weigh this little and you're that right. lean, 20 pounds is not a lot. Exactly. Cause even still like I'm 20 pounds above a stage weight, but I still for being five foot eight and having the muscle density I have, I don't weigh that much. Yeah. Like yeah. I hover around 150 pounds, give or take a little bit. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's like, it's all relative. It's just going from seeing yourself to one extreme to a quote unquote normal, Normal, like body weight. It's just, it's an adjustment, but those weeks leading up to the show are definitely, um, interesting. You get a lot of carb cuts, obviously cardio increases a lot, but then the week before your show, you get significant carb increases, Mm -hmm. um, to fill out those muscle bodies. Cause you don't want to look dried out on stage. You want to look like you have full like full bodied muscles. Mm-hmm. So you want to fill the muscle bellies with everything you can get in them. Yeah. So that's probably water too. Yep. Right. So the water even goes up. Like some coaches will be like cut all water mm-hmm. two, three days before your show. It's like my coach was giving me 200 ounces of water a day <laughs> for like four days before the show. Interesting, like, yeah. yeah. So maybe the science doesn't even like agree on that yet. You know, so. it's, it's interesting. <laughs> There's a lot of, a lot of science on it, but it's kind of like different techniques. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. This is all super interesting to me because I've heard like of people that do bodybuilding maybe casually or um, I don't know, even even maybe um, more than casually, like professionally. But like I never like dug into it this much. And so this is all super interesting, super curious about it. And one thing I'm curious about is like the day before your competition, mm-hmm. like what's kind of going through your head? What's what are you doing to prepare? What's it kind of feel like? So. I think now that I've had two preps, it's a little different because the first day or the first show that I ever did, I literally had no idea what to expect. So like, and that show was up in Cleveland. So I drove up there, had the spray tan company spray tan me the night before. And I went in blind. I I wasn't there with a team. It was just me and my coach who had also never 
done this before. So we're both just like, I don't really know. So I guess that's not really the best like example, but I think after going through one, taking all that time off. And then this previous one that I did, I lift in the morning before like, so the day before my show, very, very light. Like, I mean it, I'm in and out in 25 minutes, do about 20 minutes of incline treadmill walk just to kind of get your muscles prepped honestly um because you don't think about it but standing in those six inch heels on stage Mm. and holding those poses for (laughs) i'm about six foot one on stage it's crazy yeah um do different girls have different height heels or there's a standard they're somewhere between five and six but if you're if they're significantly shorter you can tell because you are divided up by height so if you have someone who's you're all pretty level and if you have someone that's got like four inch heels they dip and you can see it. Gotcha. Interesting. Yeah, it is. Stuff it's interesting. Stuff that I wouldn't even like think to look for. Well, they do that so that when you can see, um, or when like everyone's posed together, especially in their back shot, everyone's glutes are about the same eye level. So you're not uh, having okay. to like track your eye movement throughout. Sense. Um, they want everyone to be about as level as they can. Um, but yeah, so that was tangent, <laughs> but, uh, I guess the day before it's just, Honestly, I don't, I don't get nervous a day before it's the morning mm-hmm. of is where you're like, oh, okay. Cause the day before yeah. you don't do a lot. You, you go to the gym, you make sure you have all your meals like made, but if you're not traveling, then it's kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, you just, but if you are traveling, you don't get to like try the food in the city or anything. Not until later, not until <laughs> not after, after your after show, after you your show. Yeah. Yeah. That has to feel good. It, too. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's probably one of my favorite things about, about it is like the, af- the post show, like high that yeah. bodybuilders talk about. I didn't understand that until probably this show, really. The first show, I was like, okay, cool, like, whatever. But this show, I think, being part of a huge, like, actual bodybuilding team, um, I got to see everyone else, and it was like, oh, like, we're all just together in it. Um, But the day before the show, it's like, there's just nothing really that, like, goes on. You get your spray tan, and the spray tan (laughs) is always awkward. Yeah, the spray tan part's (laughs) weird, but it's like you lift, get a tan, and then you just wait. You just hang out. Interesting. So what's competition day look like? So show day (laughs) is you are up at the ass crack of dawn. I mean, like, (laughs) I think I was up around four o'clock this time. Wow. Um, Me and one of the other girls, she stayed in my room this last time when we were up in Cleveland. We went and got our coffee. Um, Makeup starts anywhere from 4.30 in the morning, goes until 10. Um, Because, I mean, stage makeup is it's, it's like theater makeup. It's Dang. big. It's dramatic because yeah. you have to see it under all those lights. Um, so I think like my makeup appointment was at seven. I do my own hair, but some girls have their hair done to which okay. that's two appointments you have to wake up for. You have to go get your spray tan touched up. Um, luckily my coach does all of his clients spray tans when he's at the show. Um, so he did mine for me. So I didn't have to like wait for the mm-hmm. company, the sponsored company or whatever to do it. He did it for me. Um, and then you put your suit on and you just hang out, but it's, it's weird cause you have pre-judging and then you have finals. So it's, there's two different sections to your day. Okay. Um, so say like bikini at this first show in Cleveland that I did was the last group of girls for the day. Um, so I think I went on stage around 11 AM. Um, you're up there. They do, you do your, you walk out to the middle of the stage, do your whole routine, walk back to the line, wait for every girl in your class to do that. And then they line you up, move you around. And you can kind of tell how you place in finals based on where you end up in prejudging. So middle is first usually. And then it goes like outward from that second on one side, third, fourth, fifth. So is the prejudging essentially to line them up or what's the So prejudging is comparisons. It's how they compare. Like that is where they're making their decisions on like who looks the best, who's going to win. Um, but sometimes it can throw you off, which is kind of tricky because based on my lineup and prejudging, I should have got sixth place. Okay. And then by the time we got to finals, they'd put me in fourth. Nice. So you killed so it. So <laughs> I did apparently. Um, but it's cause a lot of people will also in that off time between like prejudging and finals, they are like, Oh, well I'm done. Like final, it's already decided and they'll go out, they'll eat whatever they want in between. And then they come back on stage, not looking the way they did earlier. Yeah. So you have to be really careful with that. Cause I'm, I think that might be why I got moved to fourth because mm-hmm. I don't know why else you would change me from sixth to fourth place. Right. So two of the other girls might have gone out to lunch and not thought anything of it, but then the judges noticed. Yeah. So That's interesting. Wow. <laughs> it is interesting. And then finals is really, you don't come out and do your whole routine again. You just come out, they line you up and they give you your placement basically. Gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah. So a lot of times by the end of prejudging, you kind of know. So after prejudging is when all the stress kind of like alleviates. Um, Cause you're 
pretty confident in about where you mm-hmm. where you go, but finals is nice because that's where you really get to like Find you out. get your yeah. your result, and then after finals is when you get to smash all your cookies and brownies nice. and whatever <laughs> other dinner you want to eat. But yeah. so, do you feel like crap after eating all that, or do you feel fine? Because you've been like not you eating have, a lot of calories the whole way leading yeah, up to that. Um, honestly, this time I didn't feel too bad, and I don't remember yeah. feeling horrible the first time either. And I think it's because like we're all just so excited to like eat food like (laughs) and you you don't want to make yourself feel that way because I remember after the show I went back to my room I ate this massive cookie that was like the size (laughs) of my head I took like three (laughs) bites and I was like I'm done that's all I can eat we went out to Mexican I got like chicken fajitas black beans and I think like two strawberry margaritas went back to my hotel room and ate a cupcake and went to bed so it was like a good amount where I felt like satiated, but like I didn't feel disgusting. And then the day after that drove back to Columbus, went to brunch with a bunch of friends and just like hop bar hop downtown for, I mean, a long time, but still Mm -hmm. it's like you kind of, you want to like enjoy the moment. So I don't know anybody who's like, yeah, I went out and just felt like horrible because nobody wants to do that to themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And plus it's like, you're done with your show. So you have like actual life to live now. So (laughs) it's not like you're going to be restricted forever. Yeah. But that's definitely one of the highlights of competing is Yeah, and that's what I wanted to ask. Like, what's what's the most rewarding part about competing, and then what's the most challenging? So I think challenging is honestly the reverse. Okay. Like I said earlier, yeah. um, I don't really find actual prep to be that challenging because I like it. Even with how mm-hmm. low and how high, how low my food got and how high my cardio got, I still enjoyed the process. Um, and I think the most rewarding part was now that I've done two different seasons. I think seeing my changes from my first season to my second season, a year and a half apart was probably the most rewarding. Granted, it feels really cool to be nationally qualified. It feels really cool to beat 16 other girls who Mm -hmm. also looked phenomenal. Like that feels awesome. But I think when I see a picture of like my 2018 show and then my 2021 show, it's like, that is the coolest thing. Cause I was almost five pounds heavier in this previous or this last show I just did. So I put on five pounds of straight, like muscle mass mm-hmm. in a year and a half, which is pretty cool to see. Um, and that would be cool to see in 2023. Yeah. When you reach your goal of, you know, building up the upper body and yep. balancing all that and working on all that stuff. Yep. And then cool how too. does that transpire over five years of <laughs> right. competing? Yeah. Right. I think that's the most rewarding is like the me versus me. Granted, mm-hmm. I came into bodybuilding for more of like a me versus you type thing. Yeah. But I think throughout the whole process, it's, it is a me versus me. Yeah. Um, even my last reverse, I did horribly. I literally didn't pay attention to it. I was like, whatever, it's fine. This reverse granted still being up 20 pounds within three months, but I could still take those same pictures of this point in my reverse and this point in my reverse last time, two completely different people. Mm, yeah. Um, so I feel like you just learn a lot more each, each, each time. Cycle. Yeah. Yeah. So I can't imagine what this like 2023 prep and show is going to yeah. do. Cause it's, I think, I think that's the most rewarding part is just like the me, the me versus me and Mm -hmm. seeing all the changes and seeing the growth. And then definitely the most challenging is, is probably the reverse. Um, either that, or I did, I had an idea for a set or a third show for the season at the end of May, but having one at the end of March, the end of April and the end of May at that point, (laughs) I read some girls can do it and like props to them. But I talked to my coach and he's like, yeah, girl, like, let's do it. I think you're going to you're going to do awesome. Like we could really pull through with this one. Like I have so many plans and I hit about a week out from my, or like a week after my um, Florida show. And I emailed him in my check-in. I was like, Hey dude, like I mentally can't do it. (laughs) Like I'm burnt out. I'm like, I can't. And I think that was hard too. like one trying to go that long in that extreme of a deficit. And then also like having to like come to the realization that like you need balance. Mm -hmm. You need to figure that out. Like, is this what you really need to do right now? Or do you need to pull back the reins and be like, girl, like, yeah, knock it off. So, like, so this is leading into my final question for you, which is what does being healthy mean to you? And so we've already kind of touched on it, how, you know, when you're up on the stage, you're not really your healthiest mm-hmm. or you're talking about how you need balance. And so what would you say being healthy is for you? So yeah, I feel like this is a hard question <laughs> for bodybuilders. Cause we, we already know that like, we are not the epitome of health in our, like at our leanest, mm-hmm. um, at least most most bodybuilders acknowledge that that is not healthy. Um, and if you don't, then you should have a coach that says like, tells you that. (laughs) Um, but I think for me, like having boundaries and knowing where, like where you need to be in that moment and kind and just making sure that you take care of yourself. Like Mm -hmm. 
which is very arbitrary. Like that's a pretty like up in the air answer, but like even when I was super low on calories, like I was still making time to like do things I liked. Like Mm -hmm. I was, I had this big yoga kick for a while and it made me feel super good. So I was doing hot yoga. Um, I mean, I made sure that I drank plenty of water, even like self care things. Like it sounds dumb, but like taking one day out of a month to literally like go get your nails done, get a pedicure, get a facial, like do those things Mm -hmm. for yourself. Um, which granted not everyone's into, but like for me, if I could do all those things on the same day, that would be like the best day of my (laughs) life where I like literally don't have to do anything other than things that make me feel like good. Um, go to the gym, do those things. So I think kind of knowing where your, like where your personal boundaries are. And like, like I just said, like being like, Hey, I know I should do this show, but I also know that I shouldn't do this show. Like knowing kind of where to set yourself up for success versus failure, um, listening to your body. Mm -hmm. It could even be like as simple as listening to your hunger cues. Like that's something that so many people struggle with. Like, am I hungry or am I bored? Like, Oh, I'm definitely hungry right now. Yeah. (laughs) Like I am hungry. So let me go eat something that's going to like satiate that hunger cue. I think just knowing your boundaries and having a good balance between all of the things you're trying Mm -hmm. to do. So like my prep season, obviously that's not balanced. That is in no way, shape or form balanced. Everything I'm doing is dictated. It is strict. And that's why it's also not for everybody. But then my improvement season is definitely like, that's the balanced portion of my life where it's like, if I go out of town or I want to go hang out with friends, like I can do so and not feel guilty about, you know, eating that cheeseburger and the fries. Cause the next day I know I'm just going to pick up where I left off and it's all going to get back into the swing of things. Um, so I think just really knowing where to set your boundaries, mm-hmm. having your set like routines, like regardless of what I do this day, this has to get done. Just things that make you feel yeah, like you. Yeah. And, you know, I can ask this question to a hundred different people and I'm going to get a hundred different answers. Mm-hmm. And so what you're essentially saying is like, yeah, everyone's going to be a little different. You got to take, take a look at your own life and see what's going to work for you yeah. um, and make sure you make time for yourself and that self-care. So I really like that answer. I've enjoyed this entire conversation. It's super interesting for me. Obviously, like you can tell with all the tangents I took and stuff, like I'm super <laughs> just like interested and like curious about this like world. And so it's really great having you on. Um, if people have any questions about bodybuilding or the coaching you do with Gen City mm-hmm. um, or anything we talked about, where can they find you? What's the best place to reach out? So I have um, my personal Instagram, which is Kayla underscore Cogburn, which my last name will probably be linked on the <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, I'll, I'll put it in there. Yeah, it's. I'm not going to sit down here and try and spell everything <laughs> out. But um, I have – that's my personal Instagram. And then there's actually a coaching link, like, on there. If you – even if you don't, like, want to apply just information, it's all mm-hmm. on my Instagram. Um, I also have my email, which is Kayla at GenCityFit.com or just GenCityFit's Instagram, their Instagram yeah. page. It's a little bit smaller, but um, – that's where I post some of like my workouts and all that stuff mm-hmm. on there too, which is literally just what it sounds like. Gen city fit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think those are probably the top, the top ways on their Instagram, probably the easiest. Mm-hmm. I see that cool. faster. So, well, there you go guys. <laughs> Make sure you give her a follow. This podcast has been super interesting for me. I'm sure you've enjoyed it. So Kayla, just thanks for coming on yeah, the show. Thank I know you. we've been wanting to do this for a while. So I'm glad yeah. it finally happened. <laughs> so. Thank you so much.